You're not sick again, are you? No, no, I'm not sick. Hello, Paula. Hey, Padre. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Okay. Duke is at the vet today. Oh, <gasps> is he getting his... Uh, today, Duke's having his dental work done. Yeah, yes. so I was yes. gonna ask. It's about time. So they just called. He's everything's good. I got to go pick him up in a little bit. In a little bit. Um, but yeah, they had to do some extractions, which I I anticipated because he's got some he's got some bad teeth issues and stuff. Oh. So yeah, it's it's okay. This is this is what happens. You know, you gotta you gotta take care of it. Yeah. So they're doing some some extractions, and hopefully that'll that'll help move things in a good direction. Okay. Yeah, removing a few of his teeth. Whoa. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have a toothless canine. Like what is it towards the back, towards the front? He's got, got a few in the back, and I think there was one in the front that they had to take also. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Poor little guy. Well, good thing he was asleep yeah. for all of this. Oh, he was asleep, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not great, but these mm -hmm. these things happen. Of course, now when they called me to tell me and like give me the update on all of this stuff, mm -hmm. they called while I was in the bathroom, <laughs> so it was not a convenient time for me to answer the phone. And so they left a message. And I called back and I talked to the, like one of the people at the front desk and they said, all right, well, we're not sure what, uh, you know, what the doctor said. So we'll have him call you again, mm. but he might not be able to call you for more than an hour because he's, he's currently doing a procedure. I said, okay, that's fine. And sure enough, a little over an hour goes by and they call, you know what I was doing when they called? You're in the bathroom. Again. In the bathroom again. <laughs> I just want to pee in peace. Is that too much to ask? It's a lot to ask. Okay, that's a lot to ask. No, I feel like I feel like for for this for this celibate man, it's it's helping me to enter My into the. My side, hold on, I have a cramp. Oh. Yeah, that might be the greatest thing that's ever happened on Real Life. Oh my I made Paula laugh so hard she hurt herself. But it wasn't that hard. That's the thing. I just I twisted and I laughed you wrong. You just you just went to the chiropractor. So maybe yeah, the that's chiropractor the is useless. No, I'm not kidding. Oh it's not goodness. it's not useless. Here's my issue with the chiropractor. Okay, because you know like they call you when you're peeing. No, they don't. No, they they. Mm. Here's my issue. They want you to come in for life. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Because, you know, I'm trying to deal with the remaining effects of my tension in my neck. It has been really bad. So I went to the chiropractor for the first time last Monday. I was dizzy for 24 hours. Mm. I didn't know that was supposed to be a thing. I don't know if it is. Well, it's it's not. So the, the, that I told the doctor about it. And he's like, hmm, do you have double vision? Are you feeling nauseous? I was like, I was wicked nauseous that day, huh. the day off. I took a four-hour nap. Because of like how bad it was. That sounds great. No, it no, it's. I'm not. sorry, sorry. I, I, I meant the four-hour nap part sounds great, not the reason behind it, not the reason. Sorry, I, I should have been clear. Four-hour naps, fully support. I fell asleep at four o'clock, woke up at eight thirty, and then I woke up at eight thirty on my couch, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's dark. Oh my gosh, it's the next. Day. Like I thought it was the next day. That's a great nap. That, that, Are you kidding me? When you when you take a nap and wake up from your nap thinking that it's a different day than the day you you fell asleep on, that you're you're napping correctly. That's, I, whoa. It was it was awful. So, and then Man, I you, but, no now you're making me jealous and don't lead me into sin that way. Then, Shall not covet thy neighbor's thy neighbor's goods, the neighbor's <laughs> opportunities for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, is that's the one you're talking about, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's, exactly. I'm, I'm coveting nap time. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. No, I. Yeah, it was. It, it had to happen because I couldn't. It just hurt. It hurt to do anything. That's rough. No, but tell me why. Oh, the sorry. next day, I was sitting on the couch and I was like getting ready to write a paper, 
And all of a sudden a dizzy spell hits me out of nowhere. And and then I go to bed with that. I'm like, what like I don't ever want to go back to the chiropractor if yeah. all I'm gonna have is this and this. So I think my stress if was any of our tens of listeners are doctors and can explain this, uh, leave it in the comments below. I don't know. The response is <laughs> the toxins are leaving your body and air is like coming out. I was like, that just sounds like fluffy language to me. You're oxygenating yourself. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So I went back I don't really understand how chiropractoring chiropraxis. I don't know. I don't know what the correct uh, way to say it is, but I I don't really understand exactly how it works. But (laughs) what little I understand is that it's meant to be some physical adjustments that that help, but that it does take some time. But not necessarily that it's something you have to do for life. Right, but that's what they want you to do. Because I was telling Father Silva this, he goes, "Why are you going to the chiropractor? Those are fluffy, like made up. That's like that's not a real thing." All of our chiropractor (laughs) fans are gonna are gonna drop like. Of the tens, I mean, there's there's got to be at least one chiropractor, I bet, <laughs> right? Or somebody who's married to a chiropractor or whose father or was goes, a chiropractor yeah, or yeah. whose mother was a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let's not offend anybody. We're not, no. we're not denigrating any <laughs> profession here. We're just saying. Well, let's put it into perspective because ever since he told me that last Friday, he was like, why don't you just go to a PT? Like, the point is that they see you and they never want to see you ever again. They just want you to get to a place where you don't have to come back. Yeah, but let's, let's also acknowledge the bias of Father Silva, who's... Brother, brother and, is a PT. and sister-in-law are oh, both they're... practicing physical therapists. <laughs> Excellent physical therapists, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> really good at what they do. Like really skilled, good people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so, <laughs> when I found out the next week. There might week, be a little bit of a bias. Oh, there. there might be. There might be. Just saying. So that's what he said. But oh, then the doctor goodness. was like, yeah, you know, I've seen many people of the cloth. So can't call him doctor. You got to call him by his first name. You're not a people of the cloth. Well, he's, tr- I know, but cause I said I work at a church and he just then wanted to have conversation with me. Oh, okay. And so he was like, oh yes, I've treated many people of the cloth. And we had a curmudgeon at one point in the nineties. And you know, as soon as I adjusted him over time, he became nicer. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so you're saying that curmudgeonliness is sometimes a physical symptom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's a, it's a personality symptom of a physical condition. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the doctor was telling me. So, okay. anyways, besides that, he's like, "You're gonna come in twice a week." I'm like, "That's that's why I'm not like in that much pain. I just want you to crack my neck a couple times, and then like I'm done until I need to see you again." Like, so sometimes when you start something like this, there needs to be a course of treatment. And you have to do the course of treatment. You don't get to set what that course of treatment is. I guess. And then you see the improvement. And that's when you can say, all right, I don't need to come in as often. Yeah, but he doesn't really say like that. He goes, you know, usually I start seeing people right around your age. You know, you're in the sweet spot around 30, 35. That's when people really start having their issues. You know what? Mm -hmm. Do this now so that you're not dealing with things later on in life. Because that makes sense. Like, you know, this is preventative medicine, I guess. There's some truth to that. Yeah, there definitely is. I think that's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But I've not been to a chiropractor. I have been to a podiatrist. For your feet? Yeah, I had to go. Do you have like an ingrown toenail? No, no. I have uh, I have arthritis in my (gasps) my great toe on my right foot. No. Well, it's like a touch of arthritis, so like it comes and goes. So it was really for six months straight. It was really bothering me and. I finally decided, I like, it took me six months to decide I would go see a doctor about the fact that my toe hurt all the time. Wow. So I went, and he, there's, like, a an arthritis cream that you kind of put on there. Mm-hmm. and uh, It went away? It helped a lot. Uh, and then, basically, for the last three months, I haven't used it at all, and I haven't had any pain, mm. which is weird. Interesting. I'm sure it'll come back in the winter. I, I bet I have, I bet I have a toe that can tell when it's going to snow. 
I bet that's what's <laughs> happening now. I bet I'm going to start be able to, being able to predict the weather. Oh, I'm so excited. That's great. Okay. <laughs> no, because I've always wanted to be able to do stuff like that. So now, okay. Now when my, my toe starts, it's going to be, oh, it's, 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 we're about to get some snow or the weather's changing. I hope so because yeah. it feels like summer and it's annoying. Today is a weird day. It's uh, been yeah. a weird Welcome day. Welcome to November and it's, it's hot out. It's hot. It's yeah. disgusting. No, it's gross. I, I need, it's different. I need winter. Yeah. Well, the, the season's changing. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. What I've been looking ahead on, I've, I've been looking ahead at a lot on the calendar because we have early bulletin deadlines. <laughs> yeah, I and already so, finished the Christmas one and I'm like already mind blown. Yeah, so th this means that like I've got to be, I've got to be thinking ahead and writing my bulletin columns ahead of time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also trying to take advantage of of this because while I'm looking ahead at the Sundays, at least for the the weekly column that I have to write, I also do my daily reflections for Veritas mm -hmm. uh, and the tangent and everything. So I want to make sure that I get those done. I didn't realize and, it was daily. Yeah, so there's there's daily stuff that goes out. So like uh, on Caleb, you have like the one minute with Pastor something. It's like the one minute with Father Sam on Veritas. Yeah, exa exactly. I get two minutes because oh. I'm special. Yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I I got these things going up, and I'm I'm working on on making sure that they're that they're in shape and they're they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's got me thinking ahead and looking ahead. So I'm 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 already basically through, just about through the end of ordinary time. Uh, which is at the end of this month, mm -hmm. uh, except for just a couple of little things that I, I still got to do. Uh, I still got a few days, and then I'm going to be into into Advent because I'm going to be gone for Thanksgiving down with uh, with my parents and my brother. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to go go and see them. But I want to be ahead of the game. I want to be well ahead of the game mm -hmm. by the time I go down there. So I'm already three weeks ahead of schedule. Wow. Um. So I I, I can go a little bit slower now, but I, I'd like to pick up the pace. Anyway, mm -hmm. all that said, I'm looking ahead on the calendar and I'm realizing it feels like Advent is sneaking up. Yes, literally. Right. And Advent is, is sneaking up quickly. Mm -hmm. It come the first Sunday right after Thanksgiving is already Advent. Mm -hmm. I go, man, that just seems too soon. That just seems too soon. And then I, I sat back and I thought about, no, that's pretty much every year. The, the Sunday after Thanksgiving is the first Sunday of Advent. This isn't unusual. There's nothing special about this. This is, this is actually kind of normal. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that calmed me down for a second, but I, it got me into this whole reflection on how very much or very often at least Advent sneaks up Yeah. and it feels kind of like all of a sudden it's there. And then we can feel the same way when it comes to Christmas. I was going to say that. Christmas has, has snuck up on us. Got to get presents, got to um, get gifts, got to. I don't know exactly how it is that Christmas feels like it sneaks up though. All the time. But how? How is it that it feels like it sneaks up? Because we've just passed Halloween, and you know that I haven't seen any yet. Thank God I have not seen any yet. But you know the Christmas decorations are coming, and they're coming sooner rather than later. They were already out in, like, September. I've not been to a store that isn't a grocery store. Oh, they they, so, they were out in September, Yeah, Christmas things. Oh. I did notice for the first time at the grocery store uh, some of the labeling on, on some of the food had had Christmas imagery. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, at least they waited until November. I respect them for that. I, I really do. They waited until November, and I do respect that. But the the fact that Advent can sneak up and the fact that Christmas can sneak up, mm -hmm. the, I don't know how it is that Christmas can sneak up when we have a whole liturgical season dedicated to preparing for Christmas. But yeah. <laughs> Feels like it showed up Four consecutive Sundays that are meant to prepare us for Christmas, along with a world that doesn't understand the idea of preparing for Christmas spiritually, just says, like, buy everything you possibly can. Right. But somehow we managed to feel like Christmas has snuck up on us. Now, that, that got me thinking, all right, Advent sneaking up. 
Advent is a little bit more sensible mm. that it sneaks up because think about how Jesus comes into the world. Quietly. It's quietly. Stealthily. <laughs> it's, it's, no, but you're right. It's a stealth move. It's, yes. it's Jesus like ninja mode <laughs> sneaks up on the world and he sneaks up in, in a way that no one would really have expected. Yeah. So even, even though we see the prophecies throughout the Old Testament, mm -hmm. these things that point the way, the fact is that, all right, Isaiah says that the virgin will conceive and bear a son and he will be called Emmanuel for, for God is, is with us. All right. That's Isaiah saying that. But nobody knew except for Joseph. Nobody mm -hmm. knew that Mary had conceived. Mm. So it wasn't this thing that was widely announced. Mm -hmm. um, the date wasn't set. No one knew the time and the place. So we, they didn't well, know. The place, they, so to yeah, they had the understanding, right? Uh, right. When, when Herod... Uh, calls the the wise men come to Herod and, and mm -hmm. he calls everybody together and he says where where was the uh, king of the Jews to be born and they said in Bethlehem mm -hmm. uh, but that's based on David who is from Bethlehem so the king will always come from Bethlehem because he's going to be of the house and tribe of David so they have the understanding that it's going to be in Bethlehem but they don't know when they don't know the exact location or anything and they, they definitely didn't expect a manger so everything about how Jesus comes into the world, he comes into the world the opposite of what anybody thinking about how a king would come into the world would, would show up. Mm -hmm. That Advent sometimes sneaks up, I think is great, because yeah. there's that, that sense of, oh yeah, it reminds us of exactly how Jesus entered the world. Yeah. And also then exactly how God started to undo all the working of evil mm -hmm. spiritually in those unexpected ways, in those unexpected places. Mm. Hey, this is kind of cool, mm -hmm. actually. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. No, just thinking about that, too. Advent. Well, what that got me thinking was, if Advent can sneak up, and it's not sneaking up on me now because I'm so aware of it, mm -hmm. so now I have my, my pre-Advent preparation, you're preparing to prepare. Exactly. Because exactly. that's, I, I guess that's exactly what I'm going through but right you, now. You know what that's like, right? I mm -hmm. need to prepare to prepare. So yeah. uh, I have this thing that I have to do. I've got to get ready to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to, oh yeah. Well, when we were doing just the, the live stream in the empty chapel during the, during the pandemic, mass was at eight 30. I had to live stream by eight 30. That meant that by seven 45, I was over here to make sure that I had all the stuff. Mm. Now, all the stuff that I was using hadn't moved from the spot where I left it the day before. <laughs> I knew that I had all the stuff that I needed, but I would come over and I'd get everything set up because I wanted to make sure that it was working, right? And so I get all the stuff set up and prepped and ready and I'd, I'd fix everything up the way that it was supposed to go. And, and inevitably there was like some little problem that mm. I'd have to troubleshoot in the last three minutes or so. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, I've got everything set and everything ready. I had to prepare to prepare and then I'd have to get ready for mass and then I'd have to prepare again and make sure that all the electronic stuff was working the way that it was supposed to work. So here we are preparing to prepare. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. I like the sneakiness. I like that, that little approach, but I also like the idea of being ready. So I, I want to be ready when Advent begins. Yeah. Well, then as I started thinking about wanting to be ready when, when Advent begins because of that little sneakiness, it made me realize that I was surprised when I saw the start date for Advent. And I shouldn't have been surprised <laughs> again, because this is when Advent happens right after Thanksgiving. Just for some reason, it doesn't make sense though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you know, what's weird is that we have a holiday that marks the time 
that helps us to that gives us a reference point for knowing that Advent is very near. Yeah. But no other culture outside of the United States of America has that. Because hmm. Thanksgiving Day is it's only Thanksgiving in the United States of America. Right. Doesn't Canada have it in like October or something? Yeah, they have uh, October 16th, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I know that. Maybe it's not actually the 16th, but it's in October. You're right. You're okay. correct, right? So, yeah, they, ha- they have a Thanksgiving Day, but we have it in November, and it's always the last Thursday in November, so it's always really close to... Mm-hmm. Christmas. Advent. Advent. And, the yes. start of Advent. But in other cultures where, where Thanksgiving isn't a thing, Advent just kind of shows up. But that idea oh, do you of, do wonder if they're like more aware of Advent? Because we put like obviously Thanksgiving is huge. Well, and and here. Thanksgiving is is huge culturally. Yeah, it's, it's huge across the board, regardless of your religion. Right, right. And so it's and it's I think Thanksgiving <clears throat> is really lumped in with the holidays. Yes, it totally is. You know, uh, that became a joke one year for my family. We, goodness. My, my brother, my cousins, and I just started joking around that we were going to try to work in the phrase, well, it's the holidays, as, as many times as we possibly could and see who picked up on it. <laughs> so just kind of be in this joke or no, it didn't matter what anybody said. You just kind of throw in a response like, well, it's the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and this was during holiday family yes, gatherings. Yes. And we just wanted to, it was a little, it was a thought experiment, I guess. Let's, let's see. Did anybody catch on? Yes. Yes, and the the best part was the uh, when when Tom caught on, we we were so excited. <laughs> like, he gets us. This is this is great. This is great. And, and he kind of knew, and so he said it, and he smirked and looked at us. Like, oh, it was great. It was great. Approval. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, anyway, th- this whole idea of like the sneakiness of of Advent and how it just kind of shows up, it made me think of the surprise. Like I was surprised in that moment that Advent was coming. I was surprised in the moment to realize when it was starting. And that got me thinking about the spiritual disposition that I want to have going into all of this. So Mm -hmm. I am weeks away from needing to really worry about this in a a more intensive way. Mm -hmm. But the thought on my, on my heart was to allow God to surprise me. Mm. That's oh sneaky Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. In in, the, in those ways that God surprises us sometimes with, yeah. with with gifts, with blessings, with inspirations, with things that we just didn't expect. I mm-hmm. I want to allow God to surprise me this Advent. Mm. But I guess that applies not just I don't want to wait until Advent. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a disposition that I want to try to carry with me all year right now. Sneaky. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> there was a pre-sound Whoa. to the actual sound. That <laughs> sounded a little weird. I was, I was the, the, the preparation to prepare the sneeze. <laughs> I'm not aware of this. Come on. I'm, I'm at the age now where I can sneeze like a dad. I might not be a, a father biologically, but I'm going it's, it's right. to own the dad sneeze. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud of it. Continue. You're saying something good. So I, I want to be open to that, to the surprises that God has in store. Yeah. I want to be open to the ways that God wants to surprise me, the things that God wants to, because it's so powerful, so beautiful to, to allow mm. that to happen. That's the, the first thing. Then continuing to look ahead and, and looking ahead on the calendar, I, I came to realize as I was preparing my bulletin column for the second Sunday of Advent, this year we get four full weeks of Advent. 
four full weeks. Sometimes we get just the four Sundays of Advent, and then mm-hmm. that fourth week is is very short. Mm-hmm. And the the absolute worst is when the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve, because mm-hmm. that can happen. And let me tell you, it's no fun. <laughs> From the priest's perspective, it's no fun at all because you have Sunday morning mass. And then you have all of the Christmas Eve masses yeah. and then all of the Christmas Day masses. So on on Christmas Eve itself, you yeah. have upwards of six masses. If ever, just listener, listener. That happened a couple years ago, didn't it? It did. It happened a couple years ago. Yeah. And it was it was difficult. We had to reduce the Sunday schedule. Right. And hardly anybody came. But they all came on Christmas Eve. But you don't get a two-for-one deal because you have two distinct obligations. Mm-hmm. The obligation is for... Sunday, the yeah. fourth Sunday of Advent, and the obligation is for Christmas, and you, you don't get a two for one deal. It, I mean, it's not a coupon. A bogo would be kind of fun, but we don't get to do that <laughs> because it's important. We're celebrating two distinct mysteries. Yes, yes. That they happen to fall on the same day makes it difficult, but we, we've got to do it. Well, actually, no, excuse me, because I think you're also going to get some more of my opinion about Christmas Eve. I think we need to respect Christmas Eve for, for what it is, and I think we should go to only having midnight masses. The, this idea of the anticipated mass, I think, is killing us. The, mm. the anticipated mass, the, like we can get everything out of the way the night before. Um, I, I realize that there's very nice, lovely Christmas Eve traditions, and I support Christmas mm-hmm. Eve traditions, family traditions. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, I also support Christmas morning traditions. <clears throat> uh, I would, I would like that those Christmas morning traditions always include mass. Have there always, has there always been? Well, I'm, I'm curious because we were asking a question that was pre-Vatican II, but what was that? Well, so pri- prior to the council, you'd have midnight mass. And that was it? And that was it. Oh. There's midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve itself, the like the liturgical part of, of the day, would have been spent a lot of time preparing the church, getting things ready for, uh, and th- there might have been a Vesper service or something like that. Okay. And then midnight mass would have been the mass for Christmas, actually Christmas Day, because it's taking place at midnight. So right. actually... December 25th, not December 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd go home, go to bed, and, and be done with it. Uh, and then Christmas Day was the day that you celebrated Christmas because, you know, because it's Christmas mm-hmm. and it's not Christmas Eve. What we've started to do in the years since the councils, we, we've added in these this idea of the the anticipated mass. So what we call often the vigil yeah. is properly speaking called the anticipated mass. A vigil is a distinct liturgical celebration that prepares you to celebrate the mystery. So it's 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 your mini advent for whatever the feast day is. Hmm. So a vigil you keep uh, as you as you pray and prepare for the day itself. Mm-hmm. Then the day itself is its own liturgical celebration. Um, so we just had uh, uh, we just had All Saints Day, mm-hmm. right? The vigil of All Saints, All Hallows Eve, Halloween. Uh, technically speaking, it was meant always to be a a contemplating what was coming next. Right. The next day, you were celebrating All Saints Day. So the idea of a of a anticipated mass that says, all right, you can cover the obligation the day before. You know what the anticipated mass was was for. The anticipated mass on either a Saturday evening or on uh, the night before a, a feast, the anticipated mass was for people who uh, had to work on Sunday or on the feast day because mm-hmm. of their, their profession. Um, doctors, nurses, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, right. various other people who, for whatever reason, their job, their profession required them to work. When did that get instituted? This would have been in like the mid seventies. Mid seventies, maybe maybe even late sixties. So like soon I'm, after the council. Yeah. Then they started adding. Right. This started happening. Oh, interesting. And then it was also intended for people who were traveling. 
and who, because of their travel schedule, would not necessarily be able to get to yeah. Uh, the mass that they that they would normally go to or mass anywhere. Hmm. And so this was the way that they could make sure that they fulfilled their obligation and got to mass. But very quickly what happened was this became the regular time that people went to mass every week, no matter what, mm-hmm. even if they didn't have to work, even if they didn't have to do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And so it became this, it's just, it's another option. Well, as when you have too many options in front of you, what happens? You eventually mm. stop choosing. Mm. You eventually stop opting in. So I look at it and I say, I think we've, We've exaggerated the Saturday evening mm-hmm. or the night before whatever whatever feast. I feel that especially on Christmas. Yeah, I, it's interesting to me. You always have so many people. On there's Christmas there's so Eve. many more on Christmas Eve, but it's interesting to me that uh, that hasn't happened with the Easter Vigil. Wow, you're right. The Easter Vigil is actually number one, the most important mass of the entire liturgical year. Yeah, it, it is longer. That's true. Yeah, but if you come to the Easter Vigil. You have covered everything for Easter Sunday too, right? And the Easter Vigil of all the vigils, of all the things to do, of all the masses to come to in anticipation of the mystery. Right. The Easter Vigil is the one. Yeah. That's the one that everybody can and ought to come to, mm-hmm. right? So I love the Easter Vigil, and that that's the one that I would never touch. I would I would never discourage anyone from going to the Easter Vigil. I really wish that we would recover a sense of the importance of the day of these mm. feasts. Mm-hmm. So like December 8th is the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. December 7th is the Feast of St. Ambrose. Great feast day. It's also the, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Oh, right. So yes, it is. His, important historical <laughs> event, right? Yeah. But December 7th becomes, it's my chance to get to Mass for Immaculate Conception, but Unless you have mm. a work schedule or a school schedule, I, mm-hmm. I actually think that the good there's good reason for anticipated masses, especially during the school year, because students might not be able to get to mass right. the the day of. Yeah. Um, that's also why we offer masses in the evening. It's interesting to me because sometimes I'll look out at the, the congregation and we have the anticipated mass for the feast day at 5:30, but we also have a 5:30 p.m. on the feast day itself. Mm-hmm. You know who comes to the anticipated mass at, on 5:30 at 5:30? on the the day, the same people who are retired and who don't have to work or anything who come at the 5.15 on Saturday, but they they won't come to the 5.30 on it. It's 5.30 PM, 5.30 PM. Interesting. And it, and it doesn't matter because it's, it's annually now. It's not like, Oh, it might depend on the day of the week. Nope. No, I've, I've paid attention (laughs) and it it, it cracks me up. Like it's not a judgment. It's just like, it's amusing to me that, that they, they don't come on the day they come, they come the night before. Wow. I think it's really interesting. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're they're there. That's the important thing. The important thing is that they come faithfully to mass. And that's really in the end, the only thing I care about. Yeah. But I think we, I really think that we lose something with this anticipation all the time. I've definitely heard a family tell me like, Oh yeah, we're uh, not from here. This is like from years ago. Like, Oh yeah, my family growing up, we were always like the Saturday people. Like we're just the Saturday evening mass going people. Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm glad you're going. That's yeah. that's the important thing. Yeah. But, but is that what it was intended for? No. And we, we, we lost sight of what it was this intended for. Lost sight of the Sabbath. But I think we've also that's that's a broader commentary, I think, culturally, that we we tend to anticipate things mm-hmm. such that the the thing itself or the day itself ends up being kind of a letdown. We spend so much time building up and building up and building up and building up. The day itself kind of doesn't matter. So keep an eye out, right? We, here we are. It's well before Christmas, but mm-hmm. you're going to start seeing all those decorations going up. Mm-hmm. And within the week after 
Christmas, or at least by, by New Year's Eve, much or most of those decorations will be gone. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. All of the Christmas music radio stations that get added in. I have an important question. Okay. What are your thoughts on Mariah Carey's song? <sighs> this is like really, really important. Okay. If it weren't so ubiquitous, That's I'd be perfectly word. fine with it. But because it's everywhere all the time on a loop, it gets really annoying after a while. <laughs> I don't think the song's a bad song. And I don't know. I mean, I want to give her credit. <laughs> she recorded a song and can she never had to record anything else after that. Right. Mariah Carey could record that song and lived <laughs> off the royalties from that. Like after the first couple of years of it being played on the radio at Christmas time. And still she is. Could very, exactly. But she could very easily have just lived off royalties from that one song. But she didn't. Mariah is still out there making music and performing. I don't know how much she performs anymore. I don't, I don't actually follow. But I think she does something. She dabbles. Theoretically, she could just live off royalties from that one song. But no, she's still out there performing. She's still doing stuff. She's still creating. Mm -hmm. and I, I respect that. Yeah. Right? The song itself, eh. It's, it's, a, it's a fine song, but it's, it's on all the time. I have much stronger feelings about other Christmas songs that do end up you, on the radio. Do you know my stance on Christmas music? Uh, not until after Thanksgiving. Not until after Thanksgiving. Mm. No. I won't listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving, ever. Absolutely not. Okay. Here's my stance on it. I can't stand it. Any Christmas music? I can't stand Christmas music. Interesting. Why is that? I always hated it as a kid. Okay. Scrooge, like, I Scrooge was, McDuck here. I uh, was literally, hates. like, I literally couldn't stand it. I hated going to, like, the mall or shopping centers, and it was just, like, really? blasting. I was just, it was, I found it irritating and annoying. I am. I'm shocked as well. I mean, I'm not shocked. I know no, this no, about myself. I, Other people are shocked. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by this because I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've known you a long time. You know, time this, this is the second week that I'm shocking you. <laughs> I wouldn't have pegged you That's as, like, true. liking skiing. That's I true. Have pegged you, yeah. as a, you don't know me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. I want you to feel known. I want you to feel seen. <laughs> It's okay. No, it's okay. I, no, I literally, I literally can't stand it. Like when uh, nine, starting nine point nine would start playing Christmas music, I would just be like, like I would be literally irritated by it. Well, you need to know now that I'm, I'm going to be playing Christmas music louder in my office. No, here's what I learned. And I'll, I'll send you Christmas music videos also every day. Do you know who really loves Christmas music? It'll be like, it'll be like your own special advent calendar, except no. it's just me annoying you with Christmas music. Now. I've gone, I have a softer response to it in the last couple of years. I just don't care for it. No, I, no, I literally. And do. then Paula's you know, heart you know, grew three sizes that day. You know what I think happened? I don't know, but this could be a contributing, contributing factor. Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie, Jingle All the Way. Do you remember that from the nineties? I, I, I know I've never actually seen it, I confess, but I, I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. That movie is extremely annoying. That movie was on repeat in my house because my youngest sister, Bridget, when she loved a movie, it was on repeat all the time. Well, that's the way to watch a movie. Watch it so many times that you've memorized the entire thing. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That was really annoying. I No, I just don't care for it. It's, it's like, I know people are like, oh, the jolly jolly, mm, mm. I like 
Christmas music, but leave it in church. Like that's my response. <laughs> I like you, it in church. How do you feel about uh, about Christmas movies in general? Okay. So I like Christmas movies. I don't mind them. I've been falling into the Christmas Hallmark love story oh. movies. This has been a development in the last five years. Okay. But for some reason, I do not care to hear Christmas music on my drives at all. So here's here's what I want to do. I want to come up with a Christmas movie bingo game. Okay. Uh, and like one one square would be Nutcracker Suite. Nutcracker <laughs> Suite. Or actually, there's there's multiple things from the Nutcracker Suite. Wait, are we doing there. a bingo like you did for Seek? We could do that. Like, <laughs> I think I really think we could do that. So a bingo card where you were made for more. <laughs> you have you have different different pieces from the Nutcracker Suite because they they are used so often. You got did in you watch? Christmas movies? Then you have the Trans Siberian Orchestra, uh, <laughs> Carol of the Bells version, right? And yeah. and you you've got to do do that somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, you've got to have somebody singing Silent Night or some like always main character has a realization while listening to a children's choir singing something. It doesn't. It almost doesn't matter what it is. Um, there's a Santa Claus fist fight. There's, there's, uh, well, there's, there's gotta be there's Santa with tr like tropical, uh, wear. Yeah. And there has Always. to be a scene in a retail store that is utter chaos and, and calamity, even though nobody goes retail shopping anymore. Do you know Trey the, Kennedy, the comedian? I, I, I don't know him, but you've talked about him before. Okay. I'm going to literally send this to you once we're done with this, because he just came up with a parody of like your typical Hallmark movies. And it is hilarious yeah. well there's the the very busy oh, woman satirical it's the, fantastic the very very busy woman who going comes, into the country she and comes the, to her small town literally and and now she's she's going to uh be at risk of, of losing the the big city boyfriend but the <laughs> the hometown hero who's who's always been there and who she's known her whole life just and suddenly she, looks different to her somebody in the small town is about to lose her business and she comes in with all of her skills yeah. and is able to save the business and save the day yeah and they throw out like you know you have a local baker who's always coming by and giving gifts. It's this is hilarious. I was, yeah. This is you're gonna love this. So but yeah, I, I think we I think we should come up with a Christmas movie bingo game, and and just just play it. You know, I also saw that they're they're coming out with a sequel to the Christmas Story, and it looks terrible. Really? I saw I saw the preview for it, and I I don't I do not care for what. At I'm this saying. point, they gotta stop with sequels because it's mm, they're bad. There's money in it. Yeah, but it's we're fools. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's the true. problem. All right. So anyway, I want to I want to come back to yeah. The go fact back that we to have, preparing. We have four full weeks of Advent. Right? Yes. Because that there's four full weeks of Advent. It's kind of. I'm writing about this in my bulletin column, so just when you read it, act like you're surprised. Like, oh, wow, that's a really good insight. Yes. Wow, he was really smart. That was wonderful. Okay, good, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, there, there's this this sense of four full weeks. That's like a luxury. Because I, I do always feel kind of rushed going through Advent, like Christmas is, is coming. I, mm -hmm. I know exactly when it is. It's always December 25th. It's yeah. not like the date moves or anything like mm -hmm. that. But with the four full weeks, it's like, okay, there, that, there's, some, there's some time to spiritually anticipate and to, to get ready. And I got to thinking about how like, when you're a little kid, you can't wait for Christmas. You're so excited about it. You're yeah. so excited about that morning and you're so excited about everything that goes along with it. So this really cool anticipation. Uh, but as a kid, you're impatient with it. It's not a patient anticipation. Oh, I see what you're doing there. It's a really fast, like, I, I, I need this, I need this, I need this. Yeah. But the more you start doing Advent, <laughs> the more mm -hmm. Advent becomes a big deal in your life, and you're like, I want to spiritually prepare. Well, then the more you don't look forward to Christmas coming, 
mm. not in a not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But the more you're thinking, like I I need more time to prepare. I need to really get ready, and I'm not I'm not fully there yet. I'm yeah. not fully ready for what's coming. <clears throat> so Jesus surprised me. There's the surprise that we look forward to. Mm-hmm. I think also that that sense of we've got four full weeks, and that's something really important. Now, of course, we are way ahead of when Advent begins. It's just been on my mind because I've had to look ahead because we have early bulletin deadlines. Oh, no, we totally do. Like, I finished the Advent email newsletter this week, and I was like, whoa. It's like <laughs> it's November 2nd. Why did I just finish Trying this? to stay ahead of all that, <laughs> trying to be on top of it, trying to, to be ahead of the game is a big deal. Yeah, it's important. Um, I think what's interesting, too, is I remember you bringing this up a couple of years ago. Advent should also be a time of fasting. Yeah. To really receive and prepare. Because if we do that during Lent, guess what? We also wear purple during Advent. Yeah. It's also a time of fasting. It's, and it's not the same kind of fasting. Right. But it's it is a it's a penitential season. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. If if you look traditionally into the, the colors, the there's two different types of purple. Warm. Lavender and lilac. I don't know, I'm making it <laughs> up. So there, there's more Perry of the, there's like the royal purple, which is a deeper, Deep. darker purple that's mm-hmm. that's worn traditionally during Advent mm. uh, because we're preparing for the, for the coming king. of the king, yeah. right? So this this color that would be the color worn by royalty, but that also has taken on the significance of penance. Mm. So as we wear that, that color that signifies penance, it's a reminder that we are both preparing for the coming of the king. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, we need to uh, we need to discipline our lives, discipline our hearts. Uh, and so there's there's a certain type of fasting that comes in. It's a little bit harder to fast, I think, during Advent than it is during Lent because during Advent everybody's making cookies. Oh, literally! Um, How could you? I always love the exchange of Christmas cookies uh, around Christmas. I, I I find it incredibly. You partake amusing. in the exchange, or you're just gifting. I'm just cookies. on the receiving end. To yeah, be honest. exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing. <laughs> I'm not arguing for the record. Uh, but I do, I do find the exchange very amusing. It's like, I, I made cookies. I'd like you to have some cookies. Great. I made cookies too. I'd like you to take some of the cookies that I made. Well, I made more cookies than I need. I want you to have these. Well, I also made more cookies. So let's just trade the extra, the surplus cookies that we that we have. And then you end up like, I've made all these cookies. We could, we could take out a big step and just say, you made cookies. Great. You keep your cookies. I'll keep mine. You know what doesn't make sense to me? This idea of a cookie swap. I've, I've never been to one. Oh, I've never but done. I, I've never. I, I've never been to a, a thing, a, an event specifically dedicated to swapping cookies. I've just but, seen people do it. Right. But they the have fact, events. It's a thing. No. Yeah, a I, cookie swap. I know, like white elephant gift exchanges or Yankee swaps, or they're all kind of the same thing, and yeah. I, I enjoy those because those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had one once. My priest group. We uh, the challenge went out. All right, find the uh, most bizarre thing in your rectory. What did you find here? Uh, I don't remember what I found, um, but there was there were some weird things that that guys found, like stuff buried in basements or attics that nobody knew where they came from. They're like, that's yep, cool. This is this is definitely going in. That was <laughs> it was a fun it was a fun swap. <laughs> that's more fun. But yeah, cookie swaps are real. Like as events. As an actual standalone thing. event. Yeah. 
we're going to get together so that we can trade cookies with each other. Literally, I don't understand why is, it's an actual thing, but it is. Is it like when you trade baseball? You don't know about trading baseball cards, do you? You never did that as a kid. No, but I watched it on TV. Trading baseball cards? No, like people trading and they're doing their thing. They're like... Yeah, so like here's here's this cookie. Here's here's why you should give me at least two of those cookies for this one cookie. Is it like that? Or no, it just... I, no, it's not like that. I know. I literally don't know what, what they do at a cookie swap. Like I don't know what it is. Well, I, I would imagine Except they, they, it's I would an imagine intentional that they swap time. cookies. Well, yeah, you just come and you swap cookies, but I, why, why make that an actual event? I have no idea why. Huh. I'm, I'm intrigued. I've never, I've never been to one. Do you want a St. Pius uh, cookie swap? I, I don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, people bring so many cookies here anyway. It's, I know. It's really amazing. It's very exciting. It, well, it is, and and I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there are some people who have now dropped off cookies annually, and I look forward to their cookies more than some other cookies. Is that bad? You know, that I have I have favorites. Do you know what cookies? In the are? in the cookies, not like people. Yeah. It's not like favoritism oh, about the people. It's yeah, the, that the it's cookies the cookies. Are, yeah. Um. So sister, the the one that you were directing, who moved to Pennsylvania. Yes. Man, I'm very upset. Sorry. I looked, I looked for it. But Awful. You, sorry. You, you kept those hidden for a couple of months, and I was like. Mm. I did. Well, like she would she would bring these lovely fresh chocolate chip cookies. They were the best. They were. They were. were the best and cookies. Then I would eat about half the plate and then say, "Okay, I'm I'm a slob." But you didn't always share it until I. Well, I had to get my share first. I had to get mine. <laughs> this is this is my payment. This is my due. Because I asked Terry one time, I was like, "Terry, have you had those cookies?" She goes, "No, I've not." And I was like, "I want to try these cookies." <laughs> you were like, "They're like." These are so good. No well, one is gonna have these. Well, and, and here's here's what happens: good chocolate chip cookies, like made the right way. Like your mom makes some really good stuff. She's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Know? Like a good chocolate chip cookie made the right way. Uh, I lose all sense of self control, <laughs> discipline, and virtue. <laughs> There's no room for Just, charity here. <laughs> no, gone out the window. This is mine. I'm eating it all. Stay out of my way. And I know that that's not right. It sounds gluttonous. You know, you're right. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yes, not a virtuous man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we're deficient in virtue. <laughs> only, only in that. Like, well, not only in that area, but like when it comes especially to especially in that cookies. area. Let's say especially in that area. Not only, but especially in that area. Yes. Anyway, go back to preparing about Jesus. I I love the idea of that preparation though. Like, I like the idea of preparing for preparation. I'm, I'm honestly though enjoying the fact that right now, uh, because we have this this extra deadline stuff going on, it, it's forcing the issue of, of really looking ahead because it, it's so easy to get caught up in the the very immediate stuff that has to be done. So easy to get caught up in like this event is coming next week. I've got to really do that, and it, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be paying attention to the very immediate things. But there's something nice about looking at the at the remote stuff mm -hmm. because by entering into that preparation by taking advantage of of knowing that this thing is coming and, and just being attentive to it we can actually just feel better prepared or better equipped to deal with it or or just feel like we've we've actually put our our, our minds at ease about whatever's going on mm -hmm. so i like that idea of, of the long preparation. So even though we are not yet in Advent, yeah. even looking ahead to Advent and preparing for Advent is, is a good idea. Mm -hmm. This used to be a feature actually of the uh, of the liturgical calendar, especially around Lent. Uh, you had these these weeks right before Lent started. Uh, what was that called? Uh, quadragesima. Yeah, 
quadragesima. Yeah, so it's the idea Italian. of... Italian. It's Latin. Oh, whatever. It's the idea <laughs> fragile. It must be Italian. <laughs> no, it's the idea that, that these weeks before, before Lent actually starts, it's important for us to just be reminded of it. So you'd have uh, the, the vestments would change to purple mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's right. We're getting close to Lent. So it was, it was let's get ready, let's prepare. Uh, and in getting ready, in preparing... We're then going to be actually prepared when Ash Wednesday arrives. Mm-hmm. So just that, like, oh, I've got to get into my head. Uh, what am I going to do for Lent? What's my spiritual discipline going to be? Yeah. Have I have I thought of a way for to to enter into fasting? Uh, when I see the like the vestments are the visual cue that remind me that I'm supposed to do this because the thing with with Lent especially is that Lent doesn't necessarily depend on uh, a, a date, a specific uh, set date. Mm-hmm. Whereas December 25th is Christmas, no matter what. And so you count four Sundays mm-hmm. prior to December 25th. Yeah. And that's how you set the date for Christmas. Yeah. So when you've, when you've set the date based on December 25th, all right, you just know that there's going to be four Sundays ahead of that, that and that's the Advent season. But because the, uh, because Easter is set by like the first full moon or something like that, or the Sunday after the first full moon, mm-hmm. um, after the, uh, the spring equinox or something like that. I can never remember exactly what it is. <laughs> Somebody can leave it in the comments and, and let us know. But <laughs> it's, answers has it. Yeah. It's easy to look up. Yeah. I, I just don't have the energy to Google it right now. <laughs> but <laughs> however it's however it's set, however that date is is set up for us, uh, you get the you get the date set. Um, but it's not specific to like it's not always April twenty fifth. Yeah, it's not true. always this date. So that means that Ash Wednesday can vary. And sometimes it's earlier in February. Sometimes it's later in February. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't think Ash Wednesday is. Maybe Ash Wednesday could be in March. It'd have to be really early in March. Oh. I'm trying to think of the latest possible date for Easter. And I, I can't think of it. Again, easily Googleable. Googleable. Yep. <laughs> we're just, we're making is up words word? here. We're, a, we're making no, words. Maybe power. that is a word, though. We're adding to the Oxford English Language Dictionary. It's going to be great. <laughs> Anyway, all of this stuff, like these, these are things we can, we can find out, but the, the color change in the vestments would be the visual cue that something is coming, something is happening because unlike with Christmas, with Advent, we don't have a cue where we just have the knowledge of the calendar mm-hmm. and we just know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash Wednesday doesn't have that. So that little liturgical change helped you to get ready mm. for Lent, which is also a preparatory season, mm-hmm. right? But it helped you to really get ready so that you could have the most fruitful Lent possible. So we can just talk about this as being the the pre-Advent podcast that helps you to get ready for Advent so that you can have a fruitful Advent. So all we talk about is preparing to prepare. Prepare to prepare. <laughs> but it's good though, because if you're pre-preparing though, you are preparing, what's the goal? It's to be present. Like I want to be present. Yeah. Preparing. Mm-hmm. Present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. I knew I was setting myself up for that, though, as uh, I said it. It's like, yes, 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 I, yes, I yes. I want to yes. thank you for not rolling your eyes audibly at me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was very charitable of you. <laughs> it's almost a season. <laughs> of charity? Guess, Isn't yes. it always? Uh, never mind. You know, it's the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> On that note... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Father Sam Kachuba. I'm Paula Pena. This is Roar Like the Lamb. God bless you.